Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Marlene Harris-Taylor, host of Living for We. I wanted to take a moment to talk to you, our listeners, about a new podcast we think you'd like. When Magic Happens from WBEZ Chicago. It doesn't matter how old you are, we all have to navigate love, life, work, and the rest of the world. But you don't have to do it alone. I want to introduce you to Taylor, Jennifer, and Cheryl, three black women speaking across three generations, tackling the questions that bring us into focus. When Magic Happens is a new weekly podcast made by and for Black women across generations. Today, we want to share an episode where the women discuss body image, body trends, and body acceptance. Plus, you'll also hear from their guest, plus-size model Michaela Durson, who explains the importance of appreciating our bodies at their many stages and why everyone is wrong. We hope you enjoy it. And if you want to hear more, search When Magic Happens from WBEZ and start listening today. Welcome back to When Magic Happens. I'm Taylor Coward, and I'm here with Cheryl Jackson and Jennifer Shay Love Long. And today we're talking about body, adi, adi. We're chatting about our bodies, our relationships to them, and the lessons our bodies have taught us. Later, we talk to Michaela Duerson plus-size model, photographer, and voiceover artist. And she tells us about the triumphs and the challenges of working in an image-based industry. So, Cheryl, Jennifer, (laughs) what was your relationship like with your bodies growing up? I have a moment that I remember about my relationship with my body. I was in my middle school's drill team, and I had to wear one of, you know, those little skirts, those little cheerleader skirts. And at the time, you know, we were wearing like pantyhose and then like the skirt. But there was this guy in middle school. Can I say his name? I'm going to say it. Craig Walker. (laughs) Okay. Putting Craig on blast. Putting him on blast. Okay. And he, you know, made the comment, thunder thighs. And I'm like, you know, in middle school, that is when you are the most impressionable, right? Like that stuck with me for so long. And I would I would say that that's not necessarily something that I I thought about, but I certainly have thought about it since that time, mm-hmm. you know, and it certainly shifted how I looked at my body. Just that one comment shifted how I looked at my body. Wow. Girl, what is I had to go to therapy for that, Craig Walker. I know. Okay. Let, look. <laughs> I'm kidding. Look, where is Craig? Let's roll up on Craig, okay? <laughs> uh, but I, no, in all seriousness, though, I feel like I had a pretty healthy relationship with my body. Like, I like the feeling of working out. Mm-hmm. I like the feeling of walking, being outside. I grew up in a space when I was outside. We used to go skiing and hiking and all this other kind of stuff. And so I grew up valuing a relationship with my body, that it was kind of my vessel to be able to do all of these really, you know, kind of fun, active things. Mm -hmm. How about you guys? 
So I grew up in Memphis, and you know, the girls are curvy and thick and chocolate, and um, I wasn't those things. Mm. So I was a, what they referred to at the time as a beanpole. I was so skinny. (laughs) Yes. Tall and skinny. And um, I, I just, I just didn't fit in. But in, you know, in Memphis, you know, you got to be a brick house, okay? Right. Um, <laughs> was it 36, 24, 36? Uh, I was 20, 10, 20, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I had great self-perception and self-confidence, and I think I can thank my, my mother for that, um, of normalizing my body for me. And uh, I didn't know that it was a desirable thing until I um, left Memphis and went to Chicago. I came Mm. to Chicago and they were like, where did you get those abs? Where did you get? It was my body type Mm -hmm. was um, more valued or more appreciated uh, outside of the South. What was for you, Jennifer, did you notice that there was a preferred body type in New Mexico? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's that's such an interesting point, because I I had the, a similar experience where, you know, in New Mexico, I was maybe I was too thick. You know, they used to call me Bowers, butt, right? <laughs> oh, no, I'm like, that was my main name. But anyway, <laughs> um, and but when I went away to college, hello, it you, was like where'd you go to school. I went to Hampton. Okay, that enough said. Yeah, it was like, oh wow, nice little butt you got on you. <laughs> 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 so yeah, definitely a little bit different. How about you, Taylor? I I feel like I'm fortunate to have grown up when I did because I feel like bodies were much more accepted Mm. of different shapes and abilities by the time I was coming up. I watch a lot of the Golden Girls, and I always tell people, like, I probably couldn't have survived the 80s because the worst thing that you could say to one of the Golden Girls is that their butt looks big. Mm -hmm. They, like, go up, you know? (laughs) Um, And now, you know, butts are the thing uh, at this present moment. And so... You know, bodies, it's so interesting. They have trends. They probably shouldn't, but we definitely have trends in what's favored at the time. And so it's so interesting to hear that despite the trends of, you know, the mainstream, there were still regional differences. Oh, yeah. Um, The name I got a lot was uh, olive oil. Y'all remember Popeye's? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Loved her, though. <laughs> Olive oil. That was that was a big nickname for me. And my brothers, you know, I have three brothers, and they used to tease me. Cheryl, uh, what's that hanging from your skirt? And I looked down. I was thinking it's a piece of thread. They were like, "Oh, my bad. That's thread. I thought that was you know those are your legs. I thought that was a piece of thread." Oh, oh. Uh, yes. So this is what I grew up with, being so thin. Um, but, but it was but it then, was once favored, like olive oil maybe was drawn after like a twenties flapper or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah, but then here's the darker side of it. Um that people would assume I had a 
eating disorder, mm. you know, because of my size. Mm. And I, it would just frustrate me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be angry. Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't. Are you, you one know, of those yeah. people that just struggle to put on weight? I struggle to put on weight. I would, like, try to drink milkshakes every day. and mm. But I was, is my DNA, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. I was, you know, my you tall saying. and lanky people are in my, in my, in my family. And, um, but then, you know, like I said, in certain circles, it was just like, oh, wow, you should be a model. You should, Mm -hmm. I was 5'10", and, um, and I fit a certain profile. Mm -hmm. And so, so in certain circles, in certain places, um, it was really, you know, desired body type, but I'm liking today that you know, the inclusiveness of a spectrum of body types is where we should be. Where do you think you fit on that spectrum? You know, I think we have (laughs) too many labels at the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. we we were introduced with uh, Slim Thick from Fetty Wap. (laughs) We got uh, just, just different shapes of the black silhouette. Where do you think that you fall on our spectrum? What does thick mean? Like you know, that- unfortunately, um, I think when people say thick, they are imagining you know thick in the places that are not a gut or an arm. You know, mm. it's like um, fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's like it's, it's like <laughs> it's a desired shape that's probably not that realistic. Mm. Um. So slim thick, I brought that up because I, when I first heard that, I took that to mean, you know, no belly, tiny waist, mm. huge behind, <laughs> just booty. Yeah, just. Um, where are we shape wise? I think I'll share first. I think I'm a pear. Okay. Yeah, not much up top, whole lot of southern at the bottom. You know. <laughs> I think I would. I, I would fall in the, gosh, I guess, okay, so so there's pear shape. Mm-hmm. There's apples. Apples. Is there? How many more fruits? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I guess I'd maybe fall, maybe the, I, I think I've been described as thick. Are you an hourglass? Just come out and say it. Okay. I'm an hourglass. my body has changed over the years Mm. um um you know i was little on top and fuller on the bottom and um you know we had breast cancer and had a mastectomy so I use that as an opportunity to upgrade on the top. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so got that upgrade going. So, uh, so yeah, I got, you know, up top and bottom, you know. I got some junk in my trunk now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm uh, uh, what they call, what I've been told, statuesque. Tall yes. And yes, you all statuesque. Statuesque. Work. Yeah. So you brought up your your breast cancer mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. Are there, were there any other pivotal events in your life that changed the way you thought about your body or how you perceived it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the biggest for me was um, breast cancer. Yeah, it has to be. Now, you know, 
I'm fighting menopause. So well, it's a thing. <laughs> what? It's a thing. Fight. Why fight? Because I'm going to tell you what, the devil fight. is a lie. Okay? <laughs> you are conquering menopause. I yes. am going to conquer. We are not going to have a menopausal belly. We are not doing that. Not today. Not today or tomorrow. Right. I'm trying to take sexy to the end. And... Um, <laughs> So I I gotta you know I'm I'm gearing up for the fight, but uh, no, it's just it's 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 a thing. Actually, even before you know my menopausal period kicked in because of breast cancer and other you know issues, I had a hysterectomy. These things turn your estrogen levels off immediately, and so. And that's what keeps you, you know, um, from gaining this weight. You, we need estrogen to control that. Mm-hmm. And then um, so my estrogen levels were cut off overnight. And they have a profound um, effect and impact on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> like I said, I just, uh, that glass half full is forcing me to be very healthy, okay? Yes. Eat healthily and uh uh, and exercise. But yeah, I think that's the thing now with me and my crew. Um, this menopause thing is real. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think having, mine was having kids. I weighed more than my ex at the time. And I was like, you know, just feeling very. Was that new for you? Uh, yeah. Okay. It I was. like, I like grew up that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, <What? laughs> like, you know, you, I, I remember Sitting next to a boy, and I would—I had to have been like fourth grade or something, mm-hmm. and just this, just this—the comparison of our thighs. Yes. I was just like, I, I, I two of your thighs <laughs> is a right. quart, a quarter of my thigh, and so I had to learn to be okay with that. I yeah. guess really young, of like, I'm, my structure and my frame is just going to be bigger than yeah. most of the people around me. And so I'm curious of, like, as an adult, what was that experience like and that realization? When you're carrying a child, it's like you're you're fueling it. So I was very like, okay, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I'm doing all of these things to nurture this human inside of me. And whatever that, whatever that kind of takes, that's what I'm going to do. And so I think... As I've kind of grown, my relationship with my body has been more about like, wow, the things this thing can do, you know, even in the midst of illness, even in the midst of having children, even, you know, overcoming like, you know, pushing yourself to to do a hike that you've never done before. Like, I think I have a different relationship with my body in the sense that like I value its strength and I also recognize its vulnerabilities too. Mm. For me the pandemic um was a big shift for me. Okay. Of just like because I would be hesitant to wear a swimsuit outside before like in high school when people were smaller than I was or having my arms out was a problem for me. Um but then when I saw people like getting COVID and dying Mm -hmm. and like school having to end and life being put on pause. You just see that like, you just got to live and the body that you have right now 
be grateful for it, however it looks, whatever it does, um, things maybe it can't do. Mm -hmm. It's still yours and just enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in my generation are thinking of it as this is my body and it's it's it does essential functions and I'm just going to accept it as it is. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that can bleed into even older generations because we should all feel that way. Mm -hmm. I was walking through Target and I noticed you know, all of the different images, the imagery has changed, mm -hmm. right? The body type imagery has changed. And like even on Athleta, the body type imagery has also changed. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Like I think, you know, it is really empowering to recognize that like you you could be any type, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and there is mm -hmm. your there's just you can value see yourself. Yeah, yes. Yes. and you, you can, can see finally yourself. see yourself. Right, you and know? there's a place for everybody. Absolutely, you know, I, I knew things had changed when Barbie. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> when Barbie changed. Okay, <laughs> so what was that? That's a pivotal moment. Is Barbie mm -hmm. like seeing yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Taylor. When when did you you sort of say that's me? Like I get to see myself. I feel like that's that's happened more recently. Okay. Um, you know, with Lizzo's, mm -hmm. Nicole Byers, um, even just a lot of influencers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and so just seeing that and it being normalized and blowing up has been important to see. Mm -hmm. um, I love Rihanna's line. Yeah, and even for and, and even for men, shows. like... Um, She's really doing it in, a, in a good it. way. She yeah. really she is. is. Man, hats off to Riri. Yes. Work, work, I, work, work, I know. Work. I love that song. Me too. Mm -hmm. Coming up, we're talking to Michaela Duerson, Emmy Award winning talent, model, and photographer, who tells us why everybody is wrong and why we should listen to our bodies. Michaela Duerson is a self-made multi-hyphenate. She's a self-taught photographer, professional model, and she's not here to sugarcoat anything about growing into your body, redefining your body narrative, and trusting your gut, whether it be flat or round. It all started when I was five years old. I wanted to be a model. I always wanted to be a model. My mom was a model, mm. so I wanted to be a model. And yeah, so I told my mom I wanted to be a model, and she immediately put me in gymnastics. I was so mad. But she just said gymnastics would give me the confidence I needed to model, and she wasn't wrong. So. Wow. Can you talk about some of the things you learned in gymnastics that you still use in modeling? Yeah. So one of the things, which if you, were, if you weren't a gymnast, you would not probably know this, mm -hmm. but you lose points if you pick a wedgie. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> you will lose. Back then it was a tenth of a point okay. every time. You adjusted your leotard, specifically if you picked the wedgie. And I was one of two black girls on my team. Mm -hmm. And we were fuller than the other girls. Yeah. So, like, my booty was eating up that leotard. You're like, and, I have but a you lot want of wedgie your to point. pick. Yeah. <laughs> so you're out there tumbling and, like, the thing is thing. Like, it's out. Yeah. And if you want your points, you don't touch it. So I, you, you just... It taught me to focus on the task at hand mm -hmm. outside of what my body looked like. Wow. And I don't think I've ever 
actualize that realization till just now. But that is what it taught me. Like you had to focus on the task at hand Mm -hmm. outside of what your body looked like. So with a model mother, with gymnastics and being an athlete, what was your relationship like growing up with your body? Girl, I developed boobs in fifth grade and big (laughs) ones. Bless your heart. Big ones. I remember my grandma, (laughs) my grandma, my mom's mom pulled me to the side one summer and she was like, baby, (laughs) you're developing grapes. Do you know what your grapes are? And I was looking at her and I was like, "Uh, yes, grandma. And she's like, we're going to go get you some brassiers. And so um, she and my mom had set it up for my dad to take me. And it was maiden form. Oh. And I got measured and they gave me bras and stuff. But yeah, I developed in fifth grade. I was still competing. And I uh, I had to wear a sports bra and a regular bra underneath my leotards. At some point, my boobs got so big that I wore a regular wire bra mm-hmm. and a sports bra and two leotards to tumble and hold them down. Wow. And I remember in like eighth grade, I was like 120 pounds. And maybe I was like... I don't know, maybe I was around the peak of my height, five six, five seven, mm-hmm. And I was a double D. I was like 38 double D in eighth grade at 120 oh. pounds. You're, I'm you're, 100 more pounds more than that right now. You're so back. Can you imagine that frame? Yeah. Well, did you have back problems? Girl, yeah, I was on Celebrex, which is like, it's a arthritis medicine. And it was causing people to have heart attacks and my parents took me <gasps> off of it. You were like, <laughs> I'm a little young for the seventh grade heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was taking it. Partly because of gymnastics, I injured myself, but it was also like I just had, you know, this heavy weight. So the way I describe it to people is picture, you know, the 25-pound weights at the gym, Mm -hmm. the big ones. Take two of those, tie them together with one shoestring, (laughs) and hang it around your neck, and then live like that forever. So now that you're in your career, have you found that the girls... Have been an issue, girl. Yes, okay. and that people wouldn't. I think if you you're not in the industry, you might not think so. Mm-hmm. But there are still so many brands that are scared of boobs. Really? Yes. People in general, like, you know, I'm a Christian, so there's the church, and then there's the world, and they both respond the same way to boobs, which is absolutely, utterly ridiculous to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. because we're all so offended by something that fed us. Yeah. Gave lives. Literal nourishment. And nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, eleven times out of ten, if I'm around another woman with a big chest, we're not distracted. She could have her whole chest out. Mm -hmm. I'm not distracted by her chest. But everybody else is distracted. And so I dealt with comments about body from a very, very young age. Yeah. And it it never stopped me from doing anything. As a matter of fact, I developed a mantra. Mm -hmm. During that season of my life that everything they made fun of me for is going to make me money one day. Wow. And I started saying it all of the time. Yeah. And so now that you are making the money, booking (laughs) the gigs, can we get into the story of your first modeling gig? That was Curvy Kate. Um, A stranger told me they thought I'd win this bra competition on Twitter. Mm Mm-hmm. And I entered, and I made it to the top 10 out of, like, a 1,000 girls. Wow. Uh, interestingly enough, when I did Curvy Kate, you had to get votes, okay? And uh, I was singing in the choir at my church. My church, at the time, the one I was going to, it was, like, 
uh, 1% of Lake County's population. It was a, a lot of people go to that church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get a lot of votes here. It's bra modeling. <laughs> so, uh, so we had like this women's thing. And I went to the women of the church and I was like, hey, guys. Um, this was when I was a lot less bold. And I was like, um, I'm in this uh, model search and I really need votes. And it really means a lot to me if you guys will vote. And one of the mothers of the church was like, she found out, you know, it's bra modeling. And she's like, what are you going to do if a man sees you and, uh, you know, is distracted from his wife or something like that? Oh, Modeling underwear or some, you know, some of that like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I, I looked at her and I said, when you go to Walmart and you buy a pack of underwear, do you sit there and intercede and pray for the woman on the package? Or do you just hope they fit you? Right. And she was like, ooh. Since you are a plus size model that's in an industry that's based on body and spectacle, do you feel like the modeling industry has gotten to a place where it adequately holds space for larger frames or plus size bodies? Almost. Okay. Almost. I think it's doing a great job starting to implement men. Okay. Love seeing a Like brawn. on Savage Fenty. Yeah. yeah. Sa- but, you know, I think Target might have been first. Okay. You, out of all the brands, I think Target does the best job. Okay. So what are some more specific things that you, if you could change today about your industry, you would do? Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that I'm here. I am the underrepresented frame. Okay. I'm going to shake the table. I'm going to shake the room because let me tell you something. (laughs) I have been in plus size conversations where they're like, yeah, but you're big titty fat. You don't count. Get into it. Quote, unquote. So, like, I still have to purchase things and wonder mm-hmm. what they're going to look like me on me. I buy two swimsuits, and guess what my mom does? Mm-hmm. Sews the tops together. Get out. Because they don't show it on a bustier frame. What you'll see, and thank God that you see it, mm-hmm. you'll see hourglass, which depending on my angle, I will look that way mm-hmm. because I know how to pose. Um, you'll see Apple. You'll see more hips than chest, Mm -hmm. more often than not. Almost everybody that's booking a whole bunch, it's a look. Mm -hmm. It's light skin, it's curly hair. No belly. It's no belly. But the reason why they have a small waist is because it's hips and their chest is very small. Like a lot of those girls are like B and A cups. Whoa. Maybe a small C. Okay. But that's why the waist looks so small because your breast, it it fills in some of that area. Like Mm -hmm. it, it actually like wraps around you. Yeah. Um, and so those are the body types you will see more often than not. You're not going to see very many inverted triangles mm-hmm. or bustier girls. Wow. So I think the industry needs to wake up because you and your mama look like that. And so come on. <laughs> is there I, I hear curve model and I see plus size model. Are some of those differences that you named what dictate which you are, or are those interchangeable phrases? Uh, it depends on the region that you're in and who you're talking to, mm-hmm. um, and possibly the race of the person you're talking to. Because I believe at the end of the day, most black models we built like this. So, like, even like the straight size models that are black still got like 
like butt or like something about them. Mm-hmm. I think like plus size and body positivity. If it didn't start this way, it almost feels this way, but it, it kind of just feels like a way for uh, white women or those that are really attached to a Eurocentric idea of beauty mm-hmm. to make themselves feel better. Because I feel like more of my white friends, their moms like growing up were like, you need to lose weight. You need to stop eating that. You need to, you need to. But like, I don't, I didn't experience that in my family. Mm-hmm. And like, so I I think it, there's, there's more to it than just that. But a lot of the decision makers are still of, of one um, type of person. So I wonder, it sounds like maybe we need, we need plus size and maybe even plus size black people making the decisions. We need way, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So do you have any career advice or encouragement for aspiring models, particularly those who feel like they may differ from the current favored look? Yes. I, the first thought I had was everybody is wrong. Okay. Most people didn't think I would do the things I've done, mm. uh, been the places that I've been. I've walked in New York Fashion Week in Spring Studios. I've been in Harper's Bazaar, in Elle Magazine Online. I won an Emmy. Mm. I did all these things around 33 and 225 something pounds. Everybody's wrong. Whatever you believe, it will be. Now that's Bible, that's some philosopher. Mm-hmm. That's that, but it's the, it's the honest truth. And so if you're believing something about you at any age, in any condition. Mm-hmm. If I think that I can, up until the point of 99 million no's, mm-hmm. everybody's wrong. Yeah. I love that. Big titty fat. <laughs> that was the line for me. Genius. Big titty fat. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, when she said it, every, we all knew what she meant. Right. Okay. Yeah. We all knew it. Okay, maybe Jennifer didn't know. But, uh, <laughs> girl. <laughs> First of all, you toned us all get out. Okay, so um, that number one. Um, but it resonated. Like mm-hmm. big titty fat. No said. She, it needed no explanation. Yeah. I loved it. And she's she's very, you know, she doesn't sugarcoat and yeah. she's no nonsense. And I, there is a push for the word fat to be accepted. It's not derogatory. Right. It's just the shape of a body. Right. Um, and so I think that, you know, the more that we just say what it is, then it's... Like big titty fat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jennifer? I, I I liked her story about losing points for the wedgie. If you pick the wedgie, <laughs> you know. And mainly because I'm like, you know, there, she, she what she was saying to in my mind was like, I'm going to do this regardless, regardless of these sort of parameters that are set set around me, um, losing points if I pick it. You know, I just, I still, I I was inspired that she was like, I'm I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And also, everybody is wrong. If there they you tell go. you Everybody's wrong. not right. to actually go for your dream and do what is meant for you to fulfill your purpose, then, you know, they wrong. They wrong. She she gave this conversation with her was like a master class in being unshakable mm, yeah. about who you are, being wholly centered, yeah. and um, 
cozy in yes. your skin. Yes. I mean, that was the mic drop. We done. (laughs) (laughs) And then Beyonce sue us to high hell for playing a clip of Cozy. (laughs) Love you, girl. See you in July. (laughs) And that's it for our body episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Friday for your dose of When Magic Happens. And follow us on Instagram at When Magic Happens Podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Michaela Duerson, for joining us today. You can find more about her on Instagram at Michaela Duerson. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Kevin Dawson is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer. Editing by Justin Bull. Engineering by Dave Miska, Haley Bloomquist, and J.R. Strauss.